You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. After I became a parent, I found listening to the news harder or watching the news. I felt it in a different way, particularly when it came to stories about kids. And over the years since the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Abuse started in 2013, we've heard plenty of stories about the abuse of children. But according to Act for Kids, a not-for-profit service for Indigenous communities, one in four adults are not confident they'd know abuse if they saw it. Almost half of those surveyed didn't know how they'd report it. Dr. Crit- Dr. Katrina Lyons is the Executive Director of Services with Act for Kids. She's also a psychologist with more than 15 years' experience working with children and young people. She joins us on the line. Hi, Katrina. How are you? Good, thanks, Siobhan. How are you? Good. Now, I'm just going to ask a very straightforward question, and I'm, I'm not sure how straightforward you can answer me back, but what are the signs of abuse and neglect? I think there are things you can look out for in kids, particularly if you do know the child or have observed the child fairly regularly and you notice some changes. Um, and, and the changes are usually um, behavioural, so they can um, exhibit extreme behaviour. They can be um, either aggressive and angry and acting out or they can be overly submissive or anxious or distressed. Um, kids can exhibit distrust and wariness of adults. Uh, they, you might think they have low self-esteem, um, a lot of difficulty relating to other people, including other kids. Sometimes kids being overly obedient and really trying hard to please um, is also a sign that they're very frightened of someone in their life and they've learned that they they really need to do what the person wants otherwise the, something will happen to them, something bad. They may have difficulty concentrating. If things are really bad, they could be rocking or humming or sucking or biting excessively. Um, sometimes kids um, either start bed wetting if they have if they're toilet trained or or it would get worse they could have nightmares and um, sleeping difficulties and of course there's physical obvious things like being um, having unexplained bruises or injuries um, and at multiple of those at different stages of healing um, explanations for injuries from the adults around them or even the kids that don't sound right um, older kids may turn to alcohols, alcohol and drugs because they, it's a coping mechanism. Um, kids can be suicidal and self-harm and sometimes kids just won't want to go home um, or somewhere that they're frightened of. Um, and sometimes, particularly for young children, if they appear to have sexual knowledge that's not appropriate for their age, then that's another alarm bell. Now, there's two ways of looking at this. So there are the um, your own children and um, looking for signs in them because we're told that if they are abused, it's likely to be someone that we and they know and trust. And there's also children who aren't your own that you don't know as well. Um, this week, we're not just talking about abuse, though. We're also talking about neglect. Are there, are we, um, there, there seems to be lots of different 
categories, for want of a better word, of this kind of abuse. Because when you talk about some of those things, I think, well, I would notice that straight away in my child, but you may not pick up on it in another. That's right. So, you know, it, it's how well you know the child, but... Um, but, you know, people like teachers and um, daycare um, staff and neighbours who are around kids all the time will actually notice something's wrong. Um, and so, you know, you're in a position to be able to, even if it's just to ask the child, is hey, is everything okay? Or ask the parents if you feel like you can. Is everything going okay? You know, little Johnny doesn't seem to be himself at the moment. Certainly you can look for that in your own children if you're concerned about it. But I, I think for kids you know really well it will be a change in their behaviour. Um, and unfortunately we know that the majority of children are harmed by people they um, who are in a position of trust. So they're either you know, part of the family or very well known to the family or, or trusted in, a, in a, um, a situation like school or something like that. So they're known to the child and generally the parents. And this is a, I've, I find this such a difficult issue to get my head around because on one hand, we, we do know that. Um, so how do you advise parents navigate that line of being aware and um, being on top of things with our own children, but not being paranoid and suspecting everyone in our child's life? Because you don't want that either, right? No, and, and, you know, the majority of people, you know, don't abuse or neglect their children um, and they're not going to abuse or neglect your child. Um, so, yes, you have, to, you have to balance it out. Uh, child Protection Week is one of those weeks where we talk a lot about child abuse and neglect and it can be really scary for people and it can bring up um, bad memories for some people, uh, some adults of their own childhood. So we need to kind of be aware of that, but we need to balance it out as well. Um, that even though there are, you know, in 2015-16, there were 45,000-odd children substantiated for harm in Australia, that, that's still not... Um, you know, every child or a significant proportion of children, but it's 45,000 too many children, which is why we have a week to bring this to the awareness of the general public. One of the things, I'm, I'm not sure because I obviously this is just anecdotally and speaking from my own perspective, but I can imagine some people might be reluctant to um, even identify abuse or report abuse because um, if they get it wrong... That can have that can have its own extraordinary damage on a family and and parents. Um, is there that kind of reluctance? Do you think from people to report in case they've made a mistake? Um, absolutely. In the survey that we've just done, about ninety ninety two percent of people um, thought that the public doesn't do enough to intervene, but only a quarter of people said that they were confident they could spot the signs of abuse, and only. Um, uh, you know, I think it was around half of people said that they would have no idea where to report abuse. Um, I think people in general are worried because they think they don't really know what's going on or it's not their business or they shouldn't interfere. Um, what our message is um, aligned with the Child Protection Week national message, which is child abuse is everybody's business, is that we need to educate children about their rights and their um, and about consent and about them being boss of their bodies. 
um, and about telling um, people when they're feeling unsafe or when something they don't like is happening to them. And we need to educate adults about abuse and neglect and about listening to children and what to do if they're concerned about a child. And at the very least, every one of us can make a difference by asking somebody if they're okay and if they, if they need a hand. You know, if you're observing people in your family or your neighbours or people at school, there's no harm in going up and saying, look, you know, it, it, things don't look cra- crash hot with you guys at the moment. Is there anything that we can do to help? Um, at the worst, they'll be annoyed um, at you at the best they'll receive some support that they need it's only in extreme cases that children are removed from their parents because um, all the research says that kids are better off with their families um, so it's only in extreme cases of abuse and neglect that children are removed so would you say then Katrina if um, if we're looking at if you decide that you've seen the signs of abuse or neglect, would you say the first step is to approach the child and the parents and in the sense of maybe I can be a support for them, maybe I can help in some way that will alleviate a situation? Um, what are the next steps after that? Let's say you, that you're rebuffed there. What would the next step be? The next step is not to, if you really are concerned about the child's well-being, is not to just stop there and, and leave it. The next step is actually to report your concerns to the statutory agency in your state or territory. Um, so if you're not sure how to do that, you can just Google reporting child abuse in whatever state you're in and um, the state site will pop up or you can go to our website which is actforkids A-C-T-F-O-R-K-I-D-S dot com dot A-U and we have a whole page with all of the um, state and territory information about reporting child abuse and neglect and also um, that list of signs of abuse and neglect for people. Uh, so there's lots of information on our website and also uh, things you can do if, if um, potentially a child discloses to you um, something that's happening to them. Um, how, how you go about listening to them and talking to them. So there's, there's definitely, um, you know, quite straightforward ways to report abuse and neglect, and that would, might be my next step. I imagine if people go that far, they would feel quite responsible for whatever situation unfolds after that. Um, if you do report something like this, are you kept informed about what's being done about it? Because I guess you wouldn't go that far unless you wanted to make sure the child was all right. So um, what kind of expectations should people have if they actually make a report in terms of how quickly it might be dealt with or if they need more than one call? Um, unfortunately, people aren't kept informed and that's partly because of the provisions for confidentiality and respect for privacy for both the people who make the reports and the people who've been reported. Um, So most state um, legislation protects the identity of people making reports. So, the um, you know, if there's an investigation, um, people um, being investigated won't be told who make, made the report. Um, but 
you know, on the flip side of that, um, if you've made a report, then the state agency has no responsibility to let, to tell you what's happening with it. Um, and unfortunately, we have, have very little influence on the speed of a response either. Um, that really depends on the legislation in each state about what you've reported. For example, if you've reported um, that you think a child is being sexually abused, then that is likely to have a higher priority than um, a report about a child coming to school without lunches, for example. Yep, fair enough. Well, Katrina, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. Thanks for um, helping us uh, spread the message about child protection being everyone's business. No problem. That's Dr. Katrina Lyons. She's the Executive Director of Services with ACT for Kids. And you can find all those resources. Um, we'll pop a link up to their website on ours later this afternoon. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.